This morning, we're going to continue on in our series in Acts, but also add into that a little conversation about global ministries. Every summer, I try and do this. I try and do it a couple times a year. As you know, part of my, my job being pastor here. Also, in 2018, I became the director of global ministries for the denomination. Uh, so if you've been here long enough, you have know I've been away internationally. I've done some different trips, all because of that job. And as part of that job, I like to share with you, you are partnering in that with me, uh, not only because we're a part of the EC Church, the denomination that supports the global ministries, but you share me with them. So whether you like it or not, you're partnering with them. And I'm glad that you like it. I'm glad that you um, were willing to share me in that way. Uh, it's been a privilege for me uh, and a joy, uh, I know, for our leaders to build relationships with EC Church USA people. And uh, I get the advantage of seeing what we've just sung about happen all over planet Earth. That's one of the beautiful things about my job. I get to see God doing this, not just here in the United States, which he is, but all over the world. So this morning we want to talk about, I say we, because I invited my friend, Dee Jaramillo. Uh, She is my friend, but also an employee of the GMC. She is the Deputy Director of Global Ministries. And so this past year, January of 2023, we were able to hire her full-time. My position is part-time, but... There's a lot of work to be done around the world, Uh, so there's just two of us doing it, really, uh, with regard to the denomination, but we have a whole slew of volunteers, people from EC churches uh, throughout Pennsylvania and Illinois. We have a couple from Illinois that are helping us out uh, who volunteer because they have a heart for this as well, and uh, Dee was actually being shared between the denomination and GMC. And we were able to bring her on full-time this past year, and she's been able to do the work of like three people. So fortunately, uh, she has made my life a bit easier. Uh, So I don't know if this is like a denomination thing or a Grace Church thing. I got Jess to keep track of me. We hired Brenda to keep track of me. Now we have Dee to keep track of me. I apparently have a lot of problems that takes a lot of people to help fix. And I'm still not fixed. There's a lot of work to be done. Um, but she has agreed to come and share. Uh, She knows some of you. She actually is uh, on the worship team at her home church, which is Community EC Church in Sinking Spring, and uh, helped out our worship team this past spring. Is going to come back this uh, in the fall as well, so she knows and has helped not just GMC-wise, but uh, we talk about everything at the GMC office, including uh, Grace Church stuff, so she's been a blessing in that way as well. Uh, So what we want to do as part of Acts chapter 16, we are really in the thick of Paul's missionary journeys. And one of the things that we want to highlight today is that these missionary journeys didn't end with Paul. Just like in the beginning of Acts, I said the power and presence of Jesus' kingdom didn't leave when Jesus left. The spread of this unstoppable gospel didn't stop when Paul was done with his missionary journeys. It's still happening today, right now, all over the planet. We're a part of that. You're a part of that. And it is this unstoppable spread. And I think as I shared, as we sang, 
the image and the story of Paul and Silas in prison, praying and singing together, and the chains just falling off, is an image for us as the church. That there is nothing that can stop the gospel. There's no government. There's no rule. There's no law. There's no army. Not even Satan himself and all of his minions can stop the unstoppable spread of the gospel. And that is true not only of Paul's day, which we've been reading about, which you've been hearing about and following along in the book of Acts, but it's true today as well. And so I shared with Dee that we're going to be talking about Acts chapter 16, and so asked her to pray about what the Lord's been putting on her heart, so she's going to come up in just a minute and share with you what God's been saying to her through Acts 16 and how this interacts with the work that we do as the GMC and the work that we're called to do as the local church. Acts chapter 16, verse 4, says, As they traveled from town to town, this is Paul and Silas, but Luke's there, he meets up with Timothy. There's different people that come and go throughout Paul's missionary journeys. This is just how discipleship takes place. You're in the midst of ministry and you're learning how to do it and you're talking to people about Jesus. So as they delivered the, the decisions reached by the Jerusalem council, this was the big wigs back in Jerusalem, the apostles and the elders, David shared that with you last week, Acts chapter 15, is the, is the cross enough or do we have to add some of our Jewish stuff to it? The, the Moses, the laws of Moses, the circumcision, dietary restrictions, and then the cross, that's good. And Paul's like, no, that's, Jesus is enough. The sufficiency of the cross is enough. And that was the conclusion this group came to in Acts chapter 15. And now Paul, Silas, and others are going from town to town to tell people this decision. That faith in Christ and their faith alone is enough. So the churches were strengthened by this news in their faith and they grew daily in numbers. We seem to think that this, and they grew daily in numbers, that we hear often in Acts, only happens in Acts. It doesn't only happen in Acts. Just this past week, I got a message from Reverend Janga, who leads the EC churches in Nepal. A new fellowship has started. A church was planted. I was there two Octobers ago. Three churches started. A new fellowship has just begun. A new group of people from a village where a church was planted, next village over, now there's a new group following Jesus. From town to town, their numbers are growing daily. What I want us to begin thinking is that that should happen in the United States of America too. When God is moving in people's hearts and lives, this is just what God does that's what the book of Acts has just reminded me as a pastor in the United States of America, serving in Pennsylvania and Schuylkill County in the town of Schuylkill Haven. God still does this. He's doing it all over the planet. Paul's journeys took him all over the place. This is a map of his second missionary journeys. As we keep reading in Acts, he'll do another missionary journey. And obviously, he's starting over in Jerusalem, in Damascus area, when he got knocked off his donkey and Jesus changed his life, and now he's going all over the place. God is still doing that. There are people all over the place going into their Jerusalem, our own town, and outside of our town. I have the 
the privilege, as I said, to, to witness that. I get to see that firsthand. I get to meet those people. I get to baptize those people that give their lives to Christ in some village that you wouldn't be able to find on a map. God is still doing it. This map is just a small representation of when Paul was doing it, and we could put a new map up there of all of you doing it in different places. Maybe going up to Pottsville, maybe over to St. Clair, maybe into Frackville, maybe over to Orgsburg. Who knows where God's going to use you and take you in the spread of this unstoppable gospel. When I shared with Dee that we'd be talking about this passage in Acts 16, this, um, these two verses are kind of what sprung out to her, and she's going to come up and share with you what God's laid on her heart, but let me share these two verses with you. This is part of Paul's missionary journey, and it says, During the night Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. The gospel wasn't going to just stay in one location with Paul. There's people over here. It's a town called Macedonia. They need Jesus, and Paul goes. What Paul is showing us is that this gospel is unstoppable, and the local church has a part to play in that. And the GMC helps the local church do that to the very ends of the earth. So, Dee, come and share with us. Thanks, Pastor. Good morning. Oh, I love that. Nice. Good morning. Yes. I'm very joyful to be with you this morning. Um, I also am um, happy to put some faces with some names now that I know who the troublemakers are. No, I'm just teasing. Pastor Ted shares quite often about Grace Church, and I am just, um, it's just a privilege to be with you this morning. Um, as he said, Acts chapter 16, verses 9 and 10, as we just read from the word, as well as the EC denomination's vision, which is to be a dynamic movement of God led by pastors and laity who have a burning passion for God and a missionary zeal to reach the lost are really what encapsulated what God was putting on my heart for this morning. That a burning passion for God and a missionary zeal to reach the lost are fires that need to be rekindled and constantly rekindled. Paul's burning zeal, as we just read in the, in the scriptures, was answered by a vision from the man from Macedonia who was calling for help. He had a vision, and, and church, we must have a vision, amen? We have to have a vision of the harvest fields that, and regularly rekindle that vision in our hearts for the burden for the lost. Who are the lost? Those are the people who have yet to become part of God's family. They're yet who have experienced God's grace and his forgiveness and his salvation and who have yet to put their hope in Christ for their eternal life to be spent in heaven. So Paul had this supernatural vision of a man begging, come, come to Macedonia and help us. And we need a vision for today, a mission, a goal, a direction not only for our lives, but for the church. Your church here in Schuylkillhaven, Grace EC, my church, Community EC in Sinking Spring, and I would say the Universal Church or the church with a capital C, all of us. God's people move when they have a vision. But if we're not careful, and I'll, I'll share a, a 
part of my testimony in a few minutes, but if we're not careful, we don't have a vision, we often can quickly and easily get absorbed into our world's culture. And when we don't have a vision and we don't clearly see what God's mission is, oftentimes we don't know our part in it. So who is responsible for continuing to rekindle and to continue to go beyond? And an even greater question this morning, as Pastor shares in a little while, who's responsible for global missions? World evangelism, or the call beyond, like I call it, is demonstrated to us by Paul's immediate and his obedient journey to Macedonia. Paul even addressed the church in Corinth. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he talks about having a hope to preach the gospel in regions beyond you. So this reveals to me and revealed to me very clearly that Paul was never content for Christianity or the message of Jesus Christ to stay within the, the four walls of where they were meeting, a tent, a building, otherwise. And he was never content in that staying there and that should not be our contentment either. The church's mandate is to go beyond, to reach beyond. And even though most Christians won't move overseas, live in grass huts in the middle of Africa, the Bible enlists every Christian and every church, local church, in its grand project of missions. The local church is the engine of missions. Paul knew this when throughout his missionary journeys, this one that you're, we're discussing this morning in Acts 16, is no exception. He preached that the gospel, or Jesus, was and is and will continue to always be our hope. People will never be fulfilled without God's hope in their lives. We're empty without God being in our spiritual lives. There's a sense of estrangement from our creator. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 57, but the godless are like a tossing sea which can never rest. There is no peace, says my God. David said, my soul finds rest in God alone. Church people are hurting, but we have the answer. Amen? Only Jesus can really improve their lives, but we have to tell them. We have to tell them that that's a mandate, that's a command that has got to be something that is burning in our bellies, in our hearts. October 16th, 1986, I surrendered my heart and my life to Jesus Christ. Several years into my faith journey, I had a, a to me at the time was kind of a little bit of a strange dream, a vision, so to speak, and I had already said in the first service, I knew, Pastor, there's no mention of escalators anywhere in scripture, so I just wanted to put that out there, that I realized that, but that's the vision that God gave me as he was trying to get a point across to me. So everybody knows what an escalator is, correct? You know, you step on the stair and then it takes you upward to a different level. If you've been to a mall or an airport, there's always those kinds of escalators. And usually there's also one that comes down. Um, I'm not sure if that's called a de-escalator, but nonetheless, it's an escalator where you can also come down from a different level. And in my dream, what I was seeing was I was on upward and I was realizing that I was headed to heaven. It was very long lots of people in front of me. I couldn't even see the top. And in my dream, as I was heading up, I started to see that there were people who were heading down. And at first, I would recognize somebody maybe from like way in my past, maybe an elementary school 
friend. Maybe it was the local lady at the library where I grew up kind of thing. And so I, while I recognized them, I wasn't really recognizing what was happening because I didn't really have a heart attachment to those people. They were no longer in my sphere of influence, so to speak, because I was an adult by that time and hadn't kept in touch. But as I was continuing up and people were coming back down, the people that I was beginning to recognize even more frequently were people that I knew people who were even starting to be closer to me, closer in my sphere, my very close friends, my family members, my coworkers, people that I had heart attachments to. And what I was beginning to realize in my dream was that I had failed to share Jesus with those people. I was on my way to heaven. I knew where my heart was, but I didn't share the very same message of hope in Christ with people who were important to me. In my dream, I had a sense of urgency at that point, probably even regret because I hadn't done so because I realized what was happening. But I woke up feeling that's the same urgency that God was trying to get across to me. I've got to share. I have to. It's not even a, an option any longer. I have to. I mean, Jesus said, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I to you. Not let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So if we're returning back to our passage from Acts, people are God's focus. Notice that Paul saw a man pleading, come to Macedonia, come help us. It wasn't an angel or a voice of God. God wants to press upon us that our focus ought to be people. Our primary focus should be on God and being on mission with him to reach his world. But who is his world? It's people. Why is that? Because just like those coming down on that escalator, we can take people to heaven with us by sharing the hope in Jesus. Because God's focus is on people, so should mine. Because Jesus died for people. Paul said in 1 Timothy, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So since Jesus loved people, church, I think that we ought to love people also. Amen? We must. But we also have to realize that God intends to use us. Acts chapter 16, verse 10. This is Luke who's writing, and at this point he's joined this part of the journey. He, he's with the group, and he records immediately. Not tomorrow, not next week, not four months later. It says, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia, assuredly gathering, meaning they understood, they concluded that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. The vision Paul had and the immediate response that he and the team did to go often is referred to as the Macedonian call. Well, church, you have a Schuylkillhaven call, and I realize that doesn't have the same ring to it as a Macedonian call, but nonetheless, with God's help, all of us are able to answer the call. But what is the operative word in these two points? And it's the word us. It's you, it's me, equals us. Us being the local church. But the local church is far more uh, important to the Christian life than many Christians even realize. Local churches grow in life and vitality as they organize their lives around the word of God. When God speaks, churches should listen and follow. When the church listens and follows, it begins to look like the one it is following. This was Paul's message 
to the church on his journeys. And his message is actually Jesus' message to us still today. It reflects his love and his holiness. This message displays his glory. A church will look like him as it listens to him. And when we read through the book of Acts, like you all have been doing in this sermon series, we have a clear understanding that the priority within the roles of the local church and the priority is spreading the gospel across the globe. And if you recall from Acts chapter 13, um, you saw the church in Antioch at that point, worshiping and fasting and praying. And in the context of that local church, Paul and Barnabas were set apart as missionaries. The church prayed over them and they sent them out, supporting them they go. And twice, Paul returned to Antioch to encourage that local church. And then on his third missionary journey, which you'll get to in a little while, he writes a letter to a local church asking for their support in helping him to get to Spain, where he knew the name of Jesus had yet to be proclaimed. So Paul, with his passion for God and a missionary zeal to reach the lost, plus the local church, who are the senders, the shepherds, and the supporters, create a magnificent partnership. So like Paul, how do we rekindle and keep aflame that passion for God and the missionary zeal for the lost? Well, church, I believe scripture is very clear that we steward the message of Jesus Christ and we steward it well. We proclaim the gospel. We disciple those who respond in faith and repentance to the gospel. We prioritize eternal matters and the love of God. We desire the church to fulfill the God-glorifying purpose for which he especially entrusted us to begin with, and that's to share the gospel. This is part of the congregational uh, response here, and I would like for you to say we joyfully... We joyfully are driven by the command to our Lord to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, as Jesus says, all that I have commanded you, as he told his disciples and he tells us in Matthew 28. And we are driven by the Apostle John's heavenly vision that we read in Revelation, which is this. After this, this is John saying what he saw, I looked and behold, a giant multitude that no one could number from every nation, from every tribe and peoples of all languages, standing before the throne and before the lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hand, crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. Calling and discipling all peoples saved by the lamb is the primary mission of missions. Paul knew this. This is what burned in his belly. That is what caused him to traverse mile after mile, journey after journey, hardship after hardship. Because he knew that whatever other good things the church could choose to do, the great vision had to be and still must be for us today our fundamental objective and the joy to which we labor beyond. Because would anything less be worthy of the one who came into the world to save sinners. Thank you, Dee, for really reminding us. And as I looked at this, this was what she had sent me ahead of time. This, these fires need to be rekindled. And I, I do think that's what reading through the book of Acts has done for me. Just rekindling the fact that 
There are so many people that desperately need Jesus. We rub shoulders with them all the time. I've had a couple of conversations since doing the book of Acts with a couple of people that I just, I knew they needed to be reminded about what faith in Christ looks like and what it can do in their life. And so I hadn't talked to them about it in a long, long time. And so I did again. And it was because of this, because we need to have this zeal, this passion for what God is passionate about. And that is this message getting to the world around us. So if you can remember all the way back to Acts chapter 1, which we started a while ago, these are Jesus' words to the apostles before he left. When he says, you're going to receive power from the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus left, that power remained. And we got to read about what that power looked like through the church. And when I say through the church, through these regular guys, that the only identifying mark about them back, back in Acts chapter 4 is that they had spent time with Jesus. That was it. And Jesus said, you're going to take this to Jerusalem. And we followed Peter around Jerusalem. And, and he did that very thing in Judea, Samaria. It started going to the surrounding area. And then now we're with Paul, who's taking it to the very ends of the earth. That mission, that mandate has not ended, it's continued, and it happens through the local church. That call to go beyond happens through us, through local churches like us. We're not the only ones doing this. We're a part of a big group of people. Maybe it feels like it's getting smaller in the U.S., but it's still a big group of people who believe that this is true. The GMC is trying to help the local church, Grace EC Church, Community EC Church in Sinking Spring, manage that ends of the earth piece, partner with people that are doing this very thing in some other country that maybe you'll never go to. None of that happens. The work of the global ministries does not happen without the generosity of God's people. There is no other income stream for GMC other than the local church. That's it. If the local church stopped giving to the GMC, then we wouldn't have the GMC. We could still probably do some world mission stuff, but we wouldn't be able to do it collectively. And with the, I think, what partnering together brings, this synergy and excitement to see God move in some really big ways. Imagine if not just one church was a part of this, but multiple churches. And that's what the GMC tries to do. But then maybe you're saying, but Ted, didn't you just a couple weeks ago tell us that we're asking God to bring 100K to our capital fund at Grace Church? Yeah, you're right. I did just ask you that. And there's little envelopes now on the counter right out there. You can walk out, grab one of these. There's a little envelope, has a sticker on it says 100K, preparing for what God will do in and through Grace Church. So what, which is it? Should we focus on that? Should we focus on this? Ministry and God's mission is not an either-or thing. We either do this or we do that. It's a both-and thing. We both focus on our Jerusalem, which happens to be Schuylkill Haven, our Judea and Samaria, which happens to be Schuylkill County, Pennsylvania, and in Pennsylvania, and to the ends of the earth. The reason we can do that is because what I said about this little thing is what's true of missions in general. 
God doesn't need our money. God has all the resources at his disposal. He's just looking for some faithful people to work through. Because he loves to demonstrate his power through us. Because the weakness that we have only shows that he is much bigger and deserves all the glory of what is accomplished. That's why I've said, I want God to demonstrate his power and presence here in this church, doing it through something like this, asking God to bring 100K through our capital fund, both and continuing to meet our budget in our general fund, both and continuing to give here at Grace Church so that people who are called to go can go. There's four missionaries we support. If you walk out these doors and look at that bulletin board, there's four couples. One family was here last July, Tomoyuki and Jessica Abe, a French woman, Japanese man, get married, have children, move to France, and now he's reaching Japanese people in the country of France. God does crazy things. And when Jessica went back to France, they said she had an American-French accent. She didn't even live in America. She was French and lived in Japan. It's weird. God does weird stuff. And now they're going outside their back door in France and just happens to be some Japanese people living there. And Tomoyuki's taking the gospel to them, far from his native country of Japan. Yes, it's a both and kind of thing because God has everything we need. And what I challenged us was not to see how much more I can give. If God's calling you to do that, then I think you should obey that call. But what I'm challenging us to do is have the kind of faith that we believe God's going to do it. And when he does, he'll be glorified for it. Because it's bigger than something we can do. Two people in an office in Myerstown can't handle global ministries. We just can't. But God continues in various ways to go beyond our back door and take people all over the world, all over planet Earth. This gospel is still being spread. The slides behind me are all missionaries that the EC Church supports. D and I simply try and facilitate the work that they're doing. And really our mission for them is to care for them well. So that what God's called them to do, they can do. So yeah, a piece of that is financially. We support those four missionaries financially. When you give at Grace Church, when you put something in that little offering box, when you give online, we're trying to help Ron and Brenda Anderson in Spain do what God's called them to do. Joe Toy, who's moved down to North Carolina, do what God's called him to do. Janice and Lamar Stoltzfus in Kenya, do what God's called them to do in Tomoyuki and Jessica Abe in, in France. Not just us, but many local churches in the United States. There is no place on this planet that God's not trying to reach people. From Papua New Guinea to the Washington, D.C. area. God's got somebody there trying to reach people. People on this earth that still have never heard the name of Jesus. People still on this earth that they can't open a Bible and read it. And read that Paul and Silas got in prison and God did something amazing. Because it's not in their language. And somebody like Jonathan and Kathy Wilson, who you saw flash before you on the screen, 
are translating that into the Benadiri language. That only happens because the local church is a part of a mission that is bigger than us. It's God's. And the wonderful thing is, he's unstoppable. The God that we serve does impossible things. He's doing it from outside our back door. We, we did a series not that long ago. Actually, I don't remember how long ago. One fall called The Art of Neighboring. And you got a, a magnet that you could put on your fridge, and your house was in the center. And then there were boxes surrounding your, your house. And we challenged our life groups and other people to learn all your neighbors' names. Just try and find something out about your neighbor. This is the outside our back door piece of what God's called us to do. And Acts has just reminded me how urgent it is that people hear about Jesus. And I don't have to go to India, although I have been. I don't have to go there to see that. And we all know that. It's all over our county. In fact, it's some of your sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, some of your grandchildren, some of your really good friends that need Jesus. But God's mission is bigger than just that. It actually goes all over this globe. As part of the GMC, we support the work of the EC Church in these locations. These EC Churches partner with other churches in that country. They send missionaries from that country to other countries. So the work that's happening in the country of India is actually extending to Myanmar, to Bhutan, to Bangladesh, to the surrounding areas of India. And if you've been watching the news at all, if you see any international news in the state of Manipur, which many of our churches exist in, lots of our church elders, their houses were destroyed, burned, vandalized, and they are homeless. EC Church USA sent money. Our church, the EC Church here at Grace, donated $1,000 to the relief efforts of the EC Church of India. And when I sent uh, that money to Reverend Palsek Tong in India, I said, tell them that this gift, the people you're ministering to, they're all in different refugee camps. Their homes are gone. I said, tell them this gift is to, to say God has not forgotten about you. This gift represents that God sees and knows your suffering. And because he has blessed us in the EC Church USA, we are able to respond and have God show up in the form of a warm blanket and some bottled water and a pastor giving it to them and saying, brothers and sisters that you don't know, that you'll probably never meet, are giving you this gift. That's how God works. And not only them, other people who have been displaced because of the civil violence that's taking place there that are not Christian are receiving aid and comfort from the believers that are there. See, God's mission goes beyond just our back door to the ends of the earth. And it takes us to far off places. Maybe you not personally or physically, but you send me everywhere I go. When I am in Nepal, I greet them from Grace EC Church. Some of them watch our live stream. They know I'm a pastor here. 
You're sending me there. We are a part of something cosmic that God is doing. And as I said, I just got a, a message while I was on vacation from Reverend Janga saying another fellowship has formed in Nepal. People that were far from Jesus have given their lives to Christ. And I get to be there with them. I get to worship with them in their churches. The GMC can't do any of this without the local church, as Dee was saying. It goes both beyond our back door and to the ends of the earth. It takes us to places like Nepal. It takes us to places like Liberia, where I just was not that long ago. This stuff that we're reading about in Acts isn't just a story that was nice in Paul's day. It is happening now. This gospel is continuing to spread, and I get to go to places like Liberia, and I get to baptize people in water that I have to make sure there's no leeches on me uh, when I get out of it and rub oil all over myself because it's the only water we could find in that village. I don't think I have a disease, Jess, just in case you were worried. I had blood work done not that long ago. God is all over planet Earth sending people into the remotest parts of the jungle. And when I arrived there, there's people waving their hands, singing praises to Jesus. Different language than me, but we're praising the same Jesus. All of that happens because of local churches like us. All of that happens because there is inside of us this burning passion, this zeal for God. And we are a part of a denomination that believes that we are called, just like when Jacob Albright got on a horse and felt this burning passion for people who spoke German and came to our town and planted a church, I don't think he could have fathomed that one day in Nepal and Liberia and Mexico and in India, there'd be people under that same shield because of what he was faithful to do, that God called him to get on a horse and start preaching. Uh, actually, Dee's lead pastor, Mike Snedeker, lead pastor at Community EC Church in Sinking Spring, his church gave him a sabbatical for the, month, for the summer months. Part of Mike's sabbatical, rather than just taking the time off, resting, refreshing. Mike's down, actually he's probably on a plane right now coming home. Mike went down to Mexico to lead some training for our pastors in Mexico. That happens because local churches like his give him that time to do that. Enable him to do those kinds of things. See, this mission that Paul was on... In chapter 16, no prison can stop him. No chains and stocks can stop the, the spread of the gospel. And there's nothing on this planet that can stop the spread of the gospel anyway. It, it's still going. All that God needs is that willing person to say, I'll go. That's why we do mission trips at Grace Church. We're going to Maryland, not far. But there's people there that need to hear about Jesus. And part of the DNA of who Grace Church is, is spending a week of our summer 
to go and do that. And so there's a group of us going to Maryland to do exactly what Paul has, has done, to do exactly what Jesus has called us to do, to take this gospel to the ends of the earth or maybe just down to Maryland. Last year, we just stayed in Schuylkillhaven and, and did it. My prayer is that it does exactly this. It rekindles in our hearts this missionary zeal to reach the lost. That is what my prayer is about this 100K thing. As I said, as I'll keep telling you, you're going to get sick of me saying it. It is not a money thing at all for me. God wants to do something spiritually in each side of one of us, in our families, at this church. My prayer is that he builds a foundation for the next generation that just knows that God just loves doing this. And our kids grow up just saying to themselves, yeah, of course God does that. Why would you think any different? I've seen it. I've experienced it. Let me tell you this story. What God's looking for is someone who's willing to go. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. They're going to share a song with us before we close. And then we're going to sing to close out this morning. I asked them to, to do this song for me when, when Dee and I went to Knox, Pennsylvania, which is probably a town that you've never heard of, but hey, we showed up and there were God's people there in a church out in the middle of a field somewhere. And we had a missions conference and we were invited to come and speak and share and do different things. And there were people of all ages. God's still calling people to the mission field. At the end of August, I've asked uh, a young lady who's being commissioned as a new EC missionary. She's in serving in a closed nation. Um, I've asked her to come and share with us. Uh, I forget how old she is. She's in her 20s. This isn't just something God did a long time ago. It's not just the eight Jacob Albrights in the 1700s. God's doing it now. And this young lady sensed that call, obeyed, and went. She said, I'm willing, God. Send me. Now that took her to a place that wasn't her home. But God's just looking for you and I to do the same thing. Say, here I am, Lord, send me. Right outside my back door. This song tells the story of what God wants to do inside of us. If it's bandaging the broken, washing filthy feet, here I am, Lord, send me. If it's loving one another, even when we don't agree, here I am. If I'm poor or if I'm wealthy, I'll serve you just the same. Here I am, Lord, send me on the mountain or the valley. I will choose to praise. 
life reflect how much I love you. I love you. And before you even ask, oh, my answer will be yes, cause I love you. I love you. If the truth cuts like an arrow, I will say it anyway. Here I am, Lord, send me. And if it means that they'll reject me, Lord, I will still obey. Cause here I am, Lord, send me. If I'm known by how I love, let my life reflect how much I love you. I love you. And before you even ask, oh, my answer I love you, oh I love you. When I'm standing in your glory, I'll be glad I chose to say, here I am Lord, send me, well done good faithful I live to hear you say here I am Lord send me oh here I am Lord send me oh here I am Lord send me if I'm known by how I love let my how much I love you, oh, I love you. And before you even ask, oh, my answer will be yes, because I love you, oh, I love you. If I'm known by how I love, let my life reflect how much I love Ooh.
Let's. Let's pray. God, we have an opportunity every Sunday to actually say that. And maybe the question arises, where does this burning passion come from? Well, that song just made the statement. It's our love for Jesus. God, I I hope that we, when we walk into a worship service, don't do it out of obligation, but that we do it out of love. And God, I believe that the more that we love Jesus, the more that passion is going to grow and build, and it's that passion that takes us outside our back door to talk to our neighbor. It's that passion that moves us to give so that Tomoyuki and Jessica Abe can do it in France. It's that passion that says, hey, we're willing to share our pastor so he can go to India and bring some encouragement to brothers and sisters over there. God, this passion, this zeal comes from loving Christ, and it comes from recognizing this amazing gift that's been given to us, salvation. Lord, as we close this morning, I just pray that you'd continue to work in our hearts. God, that you would indeed send us out into this community to tell people about your son Jesus, to live in such a way that our lives might reflect him and God to be a part of something cosmic that you're doing. Thankful for the work of the GMC. I'm thankful for for Dee and the work that she does as well, Lord. Thankful for this church and the many years of involvement they've had in world missions and reaching this community. And God, I pray that you would continue to show up so that you might be honored and glorified through our gifts to you, our very lives. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.